0: Visit CARP.ca. Good afternoon.
1: Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Jane Brown in for Libby's Nimer. The numbers are staggering. Nearly two-thirds of Canadians 65 and older take at least five prescription drugs on a daily basis. And now a new study from the Canadian Institutes of Health Research has found that roughly 25% of Canadian seniors do so unnecessarily. This could create a number of health risks. Today, I'll be joined by Dr. Kara Tannenbaum at the Institute to find out more. Plus, it's the time of year when many people like to give back. But people aren't the only ones volunteering their time to assist therapeutic pets can play an important role in both the physical and mental health of aging Zoomers. We'll learn more from Leslie Jack at St. John Ambulance. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A new report by Ontario's Auditor General validates the frustrations of older Ontarians and their families who need access to high-quality home care. The AG report finds that access to home care is fraught by long wait times, services are dependent on location, and patients in many cases are not receiving appropriate levels of services. Bonnie Lissick also outlined in her report that home care services delivered in Ontario are systematically underperforming in a number of crucial areas, despite years of government reports, promises of improvement, and increased funding. The federal attorney general has asked the Supreme Court of Canada for a six-month extension on its deadline to have Parliament craft new laws on doctor-assisted death. And Jody Wilson-Raybould has also asked that any opposing party be required to respond by the end of this weekend instead of the traditional 10-day window. This past February, the High Court gave Parliament a year to come up with a set of laws to govern doctor-assisted death. Some snowbirds are changing their plans this year. A lower-valued loonie is forcing many Canadians to rethink their annual winter excursions to the southern United States. Visits by Canadians to the U.S. are forecast to be down by 8% this year and another 1% next year. In Florida, where 4.2 million Canadians vacation annually, Canadian visits are down 1.4% for the first three quarters of this year. Bill Talbert, president and CEO of the Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau, says the Miami market caters to more affluent Canadians typically and so has not been as affected in the same way as in other parts of the Sunshine State. The Canadian dollar is hovering around 75 cents U.S. in value. And finally, move over millennials. There are new kids on the block. They're called the founders, and they consist of anyone born after the year 2000. They're the group that has lived their entire lives plugged in and online. The name comes from MTV, the forever young U.S. television network that helped sculpt Gen X and millennials the way much music did here in Canada. MTV figured the best way to give a name to this generation was to simply ask them. And after polling more than 1,000 kids, it was the founders that won. The name refers to the generation's desire to create, build a new world, and stand out rather than fit in. Of course, they'll need time to see if both the name and the traits stick. I'm Jane Brown, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Not all medication is bad, since prescription drugs can alleviate symptoms or slow the progression of various diseases. But what about the 25% of older Canadians who are taking unnecessary medication? Research from the Canadian Institutes of Health Research reveals that nearly two-thirds of Canadians, 65 and older, take at least five prescription drugs on a daily basis. Over 40% of Canadians, 85 and older, take 10 drugs or more each day. Dr. Kara Tannenbaum is the scientific director of CIHR and joins us on the line. Dr. Tannenbaum, why do so many Canadian seniors find themselves on so many different types of medication?
2: That's a really good question. It's incredibly important that seniors be aware and are knowledgeable of the risks associated with taking so many drugs because it's possible that they don't need to be on that many drugs. Your body changes with age. You may be able to have a non-pharmacologic or non-drug therapy for your treatment. So highlighting how many drugs seniors are taking and whether we should be prescribing or de-prescribing and doing these prescriptions
1: is what I want to talk about today. Sure. And what would be con- Considered normal uh, the number of drugs for a healthy older person? So we do know
2: that nine out of ten. Men and women over the age of 65 wake up each morning and take at least one prescription medication. If you're not taking any, that's normal too. But as you age, there are more and more chronic diseases that you may be plagued with or symptoms that you have that your doctor will recommend therapies for and that you need to take. So many drugs are good. But there are others, nearly one quarter, that are at best unnecessary with time, and at worst, potentially harmful.
1: And why are people finding themselves prescribed these drugs, which are potentially harmful and, at the very least, unnecessary? There are three reasons for that.
3: One
2: is that sometimes it's not the drug per se, but the interaction of different drugs. So if you see different specialists, for instance, the specialist may not know exactly what other medications you're taking for what condition, and it could be the interaction between medications that makes one of them harmful. The second reason is that research has showed over time that there are risks associated with certain medications after age 65 that maybe weren't there at age 55. So I don't know if you read the report about sleeping pills and the risk of Alzheimer's disease, Mm -hmm. but we only learned last year that taking two sleeping pills a week can almost double your risk of Alzheimer's disease. The third reason that seniors are taking so many drugs is because there's a certain culture that occurs when you go see a physician about whether or not you're going to get a prescription for a medication. What's changed is that lifestyle interventions and cognitive-based therapies or weight loss techniques, for instance, for diabetes, have been shown in research to be just as effective as many medications. So we have new information that sometimes there are therapies that could be applied instead of taking medications, but I don't know that the culture has changed in the doctor's office to maybe talk about those alternatives.
1: That's where I think that we should be asking questions when we go see our physician or pharmacist. Right. Empowering ourselves as patients. Should you be doing this on an annual basis? There are things that people can do on an annual or even
2: semi-annual basis when it comes to medications. The first is to have a list and truly understand what medication is for which condition and when you started taking it, and whether you're having an effect from it. You may say to me, everyone knows that. But sometimes it's complicated. The pills change. The pharmacist gives you a generic. It could be confusing to know which medication is for which disease. The second thing that people could do is to ask their pharmacist or their physician if that medication is still necessary or if they could be doing something non-pharmacologic about it.
1: With the advent of e-health, does your family doc not have all the information now of all the meds that you're on? Ideally, yes, however, eHealth is not available in
2: all provinces in every clinic. There's only about 70% of um, clinics that have access, and it depends on the software that they use, how quickly this information gets updated, and if the person who enters the information is up to date. So, in theory, yes. But would I feel more comfortable if my mother had her own list and she knew what she was taking Mm -hmm. and she asked these questions? It's a good safeguard.
1: How common is it for doctors to take your information or take your input and deprescribe medications that you might not need anymore?
2: I'm glad that you asked that question. We studied that in a research study that was funded by the Canadian Institutes of Health Research. We called it the EMPOWER study. People who enrolled in our study received an EMPOWER brochure, which listed the potential harms associated with the medications that they were taking. They went to speak to their physicians, and over half of the physicians immediately on the spot said, this is fabulous. Let's get you off of it right now. So I'd say the success rate is is high. It could be higher and that's the next study that we're doing. But I would encourage patients to be empowered, to go speak to their physician. I would highlight this is especially important for women. Women tend to live longer, women take more medications, and women are known to have more
1: side effects. So I hope that helps. Great conversation. Very informative. Thank you, doctor. Thank you very much. Dr. Kara Tannenbaum is Scientific Director of the Canadian Institutes of Health Research. I'm Jane Brown in for Libby's Nimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. It's the season of giving, and in just a moment, we'll learn about the dogs who volunteer their time to help bring smiles to seniors and improve their health.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca.
1: If you're an animal lover, then you know how relaxed it can make you feel when you pat a cat or dog. The therapeutic benefits of animals can be immeasurable, especially as we age. At St. John Ambulance, dogs are being trained to provide therapy to older Canadians in nursing homes, retirement homes, and in private homes. To tell us more about the program, we're joined by Leslie Jack, the Provincial Therapy Dog Coordinator at St. John Ambulance. Leslie, let's talk about the benefits of having animals around as we age.
3: There's a whole bunch. We say it's tenfold because there's ten basic reasons. Um, Pets lower blood pressure and pulse rate. um, they uh, result in fewer visits to the doctor, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, they can, there's less depression when people have pets in the home. Um, it makes it easier for them to make friends because it enhances their social opportunities. Um, seniors become more active. Um, exercise is out there, and, and pets offer affection. And unconditional love. It doesn't matter if they can't get out of their pajamas first thing in the morning. Um, It doesn't matter if they have their makeup on or if their hair is done. The, The dog doesn't care. The cat, the animals don't care. They can also, I think, ease the loss of a loved one. Um, the loss of a home, the loss of uh, just um, a feeling of security when family is around. Um, They take better care of themselves when they have pets. There's a purpose.
1: Now, specifically, what are therapy dogs? So making the
3: leap from just having a pet to an actual dog that's called a therapy dog. Well, our therapy dogs at St. John Ambulance are Um, owned by the handlers and they just go in and they visit um, all kinds of situations as far as seniors. We visit uh, long-term care, respite places, Um, you know anybody in the community who's sick, lonely, resides in in, uh, uh, mental health facilities, hospitals, um, we're we're there. What uh, type of dogs are best suited for this job? You know what? We will take all breeds. Of course, in Ontario, we can't take pit bulls because it's against the law. But other than that, we have every breed uh, from, you know, a Heinz 57, or we call them President's Choice, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, to, um, you know, purebreds. Uh, big dogs have their places. They can reach uh, wheelchairs, uh, the edge of a bed, and little ones have their place because they can sit on laps and uh you know, they can get right up on the bed. Of course, we bring blankets. We're very careful that everything is done, um, you know, maximum benefit and health-wise. Um, when we're choosing dogs, it's not necessarily by breed. It's just by their um, the type of dog they are. If they're very calm, outgoing, not shy, that's the type of thing we're looking for. We put them through an evaluation to make sure that they do have the therapeutic qualities that we're looking for. Um, All kinds of things we put them through in the test, um, you know, to make sure they're fine around wheels coming at them, around uh, walkers, IV poles. If someone drops a bedpan or a cart goes over, can they recover? They're not uh, afraid they just have to be under control, have a really good connection with their handler. So we really test them as a team. It's not just the dog, it's the handler as well and the connection they have.
1: It seems like there would be a long list of people who want to get involved in this. How do you sign up? How do you get on the <laughs> list to have a visit?
3: Well, they can uh, they can visit our website if they want to get into St. John Ambulance, which is www.sja.ca and that will bring them to all the branches that we have across Ontario. We actually have 50 divisions of therapy dog. We have 1,600 dogs uh, plus visiting in Ontario and 3,000 across Canada.
1: For older people who are alone and and maybe would like to have a dog more often, in other words, full-time, are there certain characteristics that we should be looking for in an animal or for for someone who's never had a dog, but likes the idea of the companionship. Do you have suggestions for them?
3: I think the biggest suggestion is um, consider um, a a rescue or an older dog simply because the puppy stage is always a challenge. We all love a puppy, but they're a lot of work. Of course, you're looking for a dog that's calm and, um, you know, perhaps doesn't need as much exercise, although we're finding that um, the idea of exercising with a dog keeps seniors uh, much more active. But Certainly a dog that needs to be run for two or three hours a day wouldn't, might not be the dog, whereas there's lots of dogs that one or two half-hour walks a day is uh, just what you need. And also, you know, as far as finances go, can you afford the animal and um, what the costs are going to be, that kind of thing. If you get an older dog, they've often had their shots, they're already... Um, uh, a neutered or spayed, which is what we are looking for. And, um, you know, we know what their personalities are like. Uh, there's no surprises when you get um, an older dog. You know, I'm not when I say older, it doesn't have to be a, a 10-year-old dog. There's dogs out there that are 1, 2, or 3 years old and all the way up, and there's lots of dogs between the ages of 7 and 11 that are waiting for homes. And, you know, you sort of grow old together. Mm -hmm.
1: Very nice idea. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Leslie. You're welcome. Leslie Jack, Provincial Therapy Dog Coordinator at St. John Ambulance. For more information on the program, go online to sja.ca. I'm Jane Brown, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Libby's Nimer is off this weekend. We'll take a quick break, and then it's back with celebrations for Little Richard's birthday.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca.
1: Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Michael Kramer.
4: In a role made famous by Jack Black, Alex Brightman plays a rocker who passes as a substitute teacher in a New York City stage production of School of Rock. With music by Andrew Lloyd Webber, School of Rock is at the Winter Garden Theater. And it's a celebration of the holidays at the Art Institute of Chicago. The beloved decorating tradition of the holiday thorn rooms is back with a 12th night themed room joining in the celebrations this year. To London, England, where Darren Brown is getting rave reviews for his show called Miracle. The production invites audiences to look at ways of thinking that might create more happiness. It's at the Palace Theatre. And at the Singapore Art Museum, an exhibit called Time of Others features works of artists responding to social, historical, and geopolitical concerns. With the International Arts Book, I'm Michael Kramer.
1: This weekend, the great Little Richard is celebrating his 83rd birthday. He's a true rock and roll pioneer. When he hit the scene in the mid-1950s, his flamboyant, energetic showmanship was unlike anything anyone had done before. And he had the musical chops to back it up. He was a terrific pianist, and his raspy shouting style gave rock music one of its most identifiable and influential vocal sounds. He had a string of hits that include Slippin' and Slidin', Rip It Up, Ready Teddy, The Girl Can't Help It, and Lucille. Many of his songs became instant hits and were covered by other popular artists of the 50s. Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Eddie Cochran all put their own spin on Little Richard's songs. He was part of the 1986 inaugural induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, along with his peers Chuck Berry, Elvis, Ray Charles, Buddy Holly, and other musical legends. Right now, we'll travel back to 1955 and hear the song that started it all for Little Richard, his first major hit, Tutti Frutti.
0: Womp, bom,
1: That was Little Richard with Tutti Frutti. The rock and roll icon is celebrating his 83rd birthday this weekend. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Jane Brown. Thanks for joining me today. The program is taking next weekend off. Instead, you're invited to tune in for a spectacular celebration of Frank Sinatra's 100th birthday.
0: You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Nyman. Produced by Paul Thomas. Program director, John Vendrell. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air.